It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Football Social Daily. This is Football Social Daily, an award-winning podcast full of Premier League news and opinion. Hit subscribe now and don't miss a thing as we speed towards the start of another Premier League campaign. Transfer talk is very much top of the list of talking points with Liverpool, West Ham and Nottingham Forest all on the agenda today. And we'll be steering through our standard Saudi stories as well. But this time, they've gone big. 300 million euros for Kylian Mbappe. No problem, lads. We're talking eye-watering amounts of cash here. But is Jordan Henderson choosing money over morals as he nears a move to the Middle East? Lots to get through on today's podcast, so let's not waste any time. My name's Niall and I'm with Joel Tudor and Marley Anderson today. How are you doing, fellas? Good morning. Morning, yeah, not bad. Have either of you seen Barbie or Oppenheimer yet? Uh, no, neither. I, I am I am planning to go and see Oppenheimer at the cinema at some point, but I just don't know when. I watched it last night. I must say, I was very impressed. It's a good movie. Good. Yeah, very good movie. Well, what was Barbie like before it? Didn't watch it. Do you know what? I was just thinking about this. <laughs> if you're going to do them in an order, Oppenheimer's oh, three hours long and a bit heavy. So I think yeah. you go Oppenheimer first, then Barbie. But I haven't seen Barbie yet. I don't know if I will go and see it, but it sounds like it's got pretty good reviews. <laughs> my, my little sister's unfortunately chosen a friend over me to watch it i was kind of hoping that i'd have an excuse to go and watch it to be honest but um i've been replaced so what oppenheimer or barbie barbie (laughs) (laughs) so the amount of times that marley's mentioned margot robbie on this podcast you think he'd be first in the line to watch barbie but not the case yeah no uh, not the type of videos that i want to watch her in (laughs) all right i think we'll move we'll move on pretty swiftly from that There will be a football and film themed quiz a little bit later on. So Barbie and Oppenheimer uh, has kind of inspired 
today's quiz. So keep an eye on that. That'll be coming up later on in today's podcast. Hopefully it's all about the goal franchise. <laughs> You'll wait and see. You'll wait and see. Anyway, transfer latest. That's where we're going to start on today's Football Social Daily. And Jordan Henderson has revealed in the last day or so via an Instagram post that he will be leaving Liverpool after 12 years. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But first things first, they need a replacement. And yesterday, Liverpool set their eyes on Southampton's former Manchester City midfielder, Romeo Lavia, who actually joined Saints last summer for, I think, 20 million quid. He's been earmarked by Jurgen Klopp as the person to fill that position. Liverpool have bid £37 million, Marley. Southampton are said to want £15 million more than that. The Reds are expected to improve their offer for Lavia, but he's clearly a player who is admired. And now that we know Henderson's going, he seems to be the one that they're turning to. Yeah, it um, it appears like he's he's the one they've picked, and you can see why he was he was very good for for Southampton last year. And you know, Southampton have put so much sort of um, faith in in the the transfer policy of let's sign old Man City's kids because they can't integrate them all into the team. Uh, and he's one that's paid off for sure because, you know, he looked really good in the defensive midfield sort of role, and and that isn't something that there's too many of in the Premier League really. There's they're they're not sort of it's not a position where you just spurn loads of players like you get loads and loads of wingers and loads of midfielders and what have you, but actual ball winning combative defensive midfielders who can cut it and and pass at the highest level. I think I think he's done really well so. It makes sense for for Southampton. You know, they took a twenty million chance on him, and within a year, they're going to double that money, really. Um, and if they can get to forty five fifty, you know, and then they sell James Ward Prowse on top of that, they've got one hundred fifty million sat there. So if they come back to the Premier League in at, at the first time of asking, you know, they've got one hundred fifty million sat there from uh, for for their transfer budget next summer to come back into the Premier League with. But it's um it's smart business I think there's no chance of him staying I think as soon as Liverpool send that email he's 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 interested as anyone would be at, at his age and stuff like that so it's um it's a good move it's just the Henderson thing still is just getting on my nerves but it's one of them with these young players it's another one that's been produced by Manchester City you can kind of understand that Southampton are going to cling on to as much as possible in terms of their valuation of the player. This is someone who's obviously got lots of growing room and potential, Joel. So is that what they're looking for? Are they looking for someone who can be a midfielder at Anfield for the next eight to ten years like Jordan Henderson was? Yeah, I mean, looking at the transfer fees of obviously Sabozlai and now Lavia, that equals there or thereabouts what Real Madrid paid for Jude Bellingham. So I'm kind of still questioning why they didn't just go for him. Because, okay, you can say you got two very good midfielders for the price of one Jude Bellingham. If anyone watched him against Manchester United last night, he's almost justifying just why Real Madrid bought him because he literally is such an all-round midfielder, as in he could pick up any position in that central position and he would do really well. But in terms of uh, Lavia, I feel like Manchester City have have had a little bit of an indirect influence on it because they had a £40 clause which was due to be activated in 2024 where they'd be able to buy him back for 40 million next year and it's almost as if Liverpool have used that valuation as a yardstick and so Southampton have already known exactly what they want for him in that case Um, I do think it's quite expensive considering the 
time he's had in the Premier League and, you know, one season I genuinely don't think is enough. But it's quite a misconception that when teams go down, everyone thinks that it's a yard sale and everyone can go for cut prices. But when we look back in the last three years, it's actually not the case because we saw, for example, Bournemouth go down and Manchester City having to pay £40 million for Nathan Ake. And now Newcastle have had to pay uh, 38, 40 million for Barnes. Madison's gone for just over 40 million. So these players are wanted players and it's almost like teams that go down now, they can actually afford to hold on to them. It's not really a requirement for them to get rid because they have so much money from the Premier League that they've kind of accumulated over this period of time that it's not really essential to get rid. Um, so I think for Liverpool, I do think he's the right profile for the midfield. He's very press resistant. He's quite a dynamic number eight. Um, but I still, if Fabinho goes, I still don't think it's enough. I think they do need a real good holding midfielder. So I still think in the next few weeks, Liverpool are going to be massively active if if um, Fabinho goes as well. If Henderson and Fabinho leave in the same window, as you say, Liverpool will probably need to bring in another midfielder, probably as well as Lavia, who they're clearly targeting. Liverpool are expected to go back with a with a better offer, as I said. Let's continue with Southampton then. And although they were relegated to the Championship last season, they do have some good players in their squad, one of which is their key man, their talisman really, James Ward-Prowse. And he wasn't involved in their most recent pre-season matchday squad amidst rumours of a move to West Ham United. We heard from Mark from the West Ham Way on yesterday's podcast. If you are a Hammers fan, just scroll back in the timeline to find that really interesting chat from the perspective of a supporter of West Ham about the upcoming season. We also heard that he doesn't think West Ham are going to sign Joao Paulinho from Fulham because of an injury he picked up in pre-season last week. So... West Ham clearly are looking for someone to replace Declan Rice. Could James Ward-Prowse be that player, Marley? He clearly wants to play in the Premier League and not in the Championship. West Ham need a central midfield player. With all due respect to Ward-Prowse, and even though I am biased, I don't think he's good enough to play in a top six club. So maybe this is a move that fits all parties. Yeah, it, it probably is. I think he's he's 28. Um, it's now or never, really. He's been at Southampton his, his whole life. Um, they've gone down. He's not caused a fuss. I think he was first back. You know, he was back in training on the first day. I remember seeing on Twitter they were putting videos of him and stuff, and he was absolutely killing everyone in the um, the bleep test. Um, and he ended up getting like level twenty odd or something. God knows what what I'd get the last time I did it. I can't remember when I did it in school. Um, I'm pretty sure it wasn't near level twenty two or twenty three, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, he's you know he's come back. He's fit. He's professional. James Ward Prowse. He's never going to chuck his his toys out the pram type of thing. But I think when he when he thinks about it, he 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 doesn't want to play for for the champ uh, championship side. And I think with the uh, the Euros on the horizon next year, I think you've got to be playing in the Premier League. He'll want to be in that squad. He's always on the fringes of it, so it's kind of easy to leave him out if he goes down into that um, that second tier. So. He's uh, he's he's obviously going to want the want the move, and I think West Ham's right for him. The West Ham are desperate for midfielders. They've lost Rice. Sutrek's been crap for about three years. Um, they don't they haven't replaced him. Flynn Downs is just, I don't know what I don't know what he does. I don't know what he brings to to West Ham that that makes him a potential replacement for 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 Declan Rice. So they need they need someone in there to play um play alongside Paqueta and 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 make them tick a bit and i think that's uh, that's what they could get with uh, with Ward-Prowse. but in terms of what rice brung to the table for west ham Joel, 
more of a combative midfield player, and that's no slight on James Ward-Prowse. We know his specialty is set pieces. I don't know whether it will be a like-for-like replacement, but is that the best West Ham can offer, uh, can hope for right now? Yeah, I do think West Ham needs to get a similar kind of profile as Rice, as in someone who can bring the ball for, uh, through the midfield as a ball carrier. I know there's a few options. I know they've been linked with McTominay, who could potentially be that. But I think with Ward-Prowse, you've said it yourself, I think he's worth his value fee in terms of just what he brings in terms of his output. Because in his last three seasons, he's averaged about nine goals a season in the Premier League, which is pretty good considering he's a central midfield player. And I know a lot of them have come from free kicks and penalties, but it's easier said than done. He makes it look very, very easy. He's nearly one of the top scoring uh, free kick takers in the Premier League just nearly above David Beckham and that's an incredible statistic in itself considering uh, the amount of seasons he's had in the Premier League so I think if they can get a pretty shrewd fee for him which is probably unlikely considering how much Southampton value him if they could bring him in alongside someone who is going to be a almost like-for-like replacement for Declan Rice. I know you can't replace all his characteristics and his influence on West Ham, but someone who has a similar profile uh, because, you know, Lucas Bacater is a little bit different in terms of his style. And then obviously, like Marley said, Suchek, I genuinely don't know why they keep playing him. But in terms of someone in that rice hole that they really need, you know, they don't want no plain rice anymore. They need some basmati rice who's going to spice up that midfield, and they need someone who's a bit of a ball carrier. So I do, th- I think, I think Scott McTominay could do a pretty decent job at West Ham, and that's not me trying to sell them to him. Wink, wink. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Manchester United have already tried to shift on some of the players that maybe are surplus to requirements. One of them, Joel, is Anthony Alanga, who actually made far more first team appearances for Manchester United than I realised. I think he's up and around the 50 appearances mark for the first team he's now been sold to Nottingham Forest but the thing is with Alanga his output wasn't really there surpassed by Garnacho, who's going to start ahead of him so it probably was time for a new challenge and Nottingham Forest have got themselves a bright young player probably time for a change all round wasn't it yeah I'd echo majority of what you said to be honest I think he's almost standout was under Rangnick when he scored that goal at Atletico Madrid and then it kind of just wavered a little bit after that there was no real momentous occasions for him where he was scoring big goals it was just very very inconsistent Uh, but the fact that he keeps getting called up for the Swedish national side is a massive thing and that's probably aided his transfer fee to be honest Um, because obviously the national team sees something in him he's a very good outlet to have especially when you're counter-attacking because he is super fast and I do think he'd do a really good job for Forrest, especially for a team that, you know, are going to be sat back defensively for the majority of their games. To have a really quick outlet in someone like that, I think would be really beneficial to him. And, you know, last season he stagnated massively, barely played any games, didn't score any goals. And you know what? Fair play to him. It's credit to him that he's actually chosen to leave such a huge club that he's been at for so long and take the chance to go maybe drop down slightly but actually make a name for himself because I feel like there's so many young players who hang on, hang on for their parent club, the big club and they know they're never going to get a true chance and I take my hat off to those types of players because the career's not long and before you know it, you can be 24, 25 and suddenly you've stagnated so I do think he can do a pretty good job for Forrest um, and I think it's a fair fee. You would expect this, Marley, but Nottingham Forest's transfer window this time around has been a lot less chaotic than it was last season yeah well they did uh, did their work last summer I suppose and they, they threw enough mud at the wall that, that something stuck um, and they found the team it took them seven months six seven months to find a team that worked um, 
Maranakis pretty much sacked everyone he could except Steve Cooper. Um, but yeah, they Forest now shouldn't shouldn't go down in the next few years. They shouldn't. They should not go down because they've spent the money, they've found the players, and now they can build a team round what Steve Cooper knows. He knows works for him. He like he's found the best of Gibbs White, who was was brilliant last season towards the end. Um, even that one year started scoring goals towards the end. <laughs> somehow, <laughs> somehow we have maintained that he's crap, but he keeps scoring and keep going in off his shin and his face and stuff. So Maybe as long as they're going in, who yeah. cares? Yeah. Um, you know, the Felipe, the centre back, was good. Um, you know, the the goalkeeper was obviously. <laughs> An anomaly to you know you know you're not going to get Kilo Navas coming back every time, uh, every season. But if they can sort that out and get Dean Henderson on a permanent, I, th- I think they should be all right for the next few years. To be honest, unless Marinakis cocks it up somehow because he's he's quite uh, eccentric and you never put too much past him. But yeah, Forrest should be fine and Ilanga, bit of a chance, but for fifteen twenty million, you know, is is it's not that much money, is it really? Especially when you got Lingard's money off the off the books and the wages aren't really a problem so yeah I think a club like Forest could is always going to be there for, for ones that are discarded by the top six clubs um, every time someone leaves Man United I always expect them to either go to back in the day I always expect them either to go to Everton or Sunderland <laughs> like Darren Gibson straight to Everton John O'Shea wears brown straight to Sunderland as soon as they're slightly past the Darren best. Gibson went to Everton, then to Sunderland <laughs> exactly, he's, he's just like he's Phil Bardsley was another one um, there's, there's loads of them through the years, but you know it's it's um, now it's obviously Sunderland are down in the championship, but you've you kind of got them replaced by Forest. So anyone that Man United, all all the little fringe players that can't quite get a game, um, will probably end up there. Also need to confirm something we spoke about on Monday, which was that uh, Raúl Jiménez has now completed the move to Fulham. Still no news on whether Mitrovic is arriving in Saudi Arabia or not but it will be Saudi Arabia that we talk about next on Football Social Daily. Henderson could be on his way there, and so could Kylian Mbappe. Things have really heated up in the Middle East over the last two days. We'll talk about it after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. This is Football Social Daily, the award-winning Premier League podcast. And whilst we're down to three days a week, whilst it's pre-season, we've decided to dedicate one segment per show to Saudi Arabian transfer news. So it is the Saudi section of today's podcast. And we're going to start with the news that Jordan Henderson looks likely now to join Steven Gerrard at Saudi club. al <laughs> That's where he's heading. He's posted a farewell message, Jordan Henderson, to the Liverpool supporters. It ends his 12-year stay at Anfield. Um, he wrote this on his Instagram. It's hard to put these last 12 years into words and it's even harder to say goodbye. I will always be a red until the day I die. Thank you for everything. You'll never walk alone. So clearly a, a severance message, if you will, from Jordan Henderson. We've already discussed recently on Football Social Daily, Marley, the moral side of a potential Henderson switch as he's an ambassador for LGBTQ plus organisations in football in this country, it's still actually illegal to have a gay relationship in Saudi Arabia. And one Liverpool supporter who is a member of that LFC fan group, part of the LGBTQ plus community, actually spoke with Henderson in a sit-down interview a couple of years ago. And he's come out and asked the Liverpool captain to stand by his words in that interview and reject a move to Saudi Arabia. Despite the immense wealth that he's being offered, and it is a lot of money that Henderson's being offered at the later stages of his career, it isn't a great look for him with his associations with the LGBT plus community. No, it's not. Um, but he's he's clearly been uh, seduced by the the pound signs. Um, it's it's sad. It's sad to see because since we talked about this, you know, um, like probably about ten days ago, something like that. It was the the heat coming towards him has been nothing but but negative. You know, there's been you know social media crawling with pictures and and posts by him of of supporting this community, um, and being being a good guy basically, and being a you know a leader for for you know marginalised groups in in football, and he's heard all that. You can't tell me that he's not heard all that, and he's he knows how this move looks, and he's still not asked. He's still not bothered, and that for me is is an absolute weakling of of a, of a person. I think I think he's he's completely burned all. He's not going to go to Saudi Arabia and be like, "I'm wearing my rainbow laces, lads." He's he's not going to fight the fight out there. He's literally just going to get paid. Gerard will get sacked within a year. They've already lost all the games they've had. I think El Etifak. I think they've lost four out of four since Gerard's been there. Mainly because he can't speak the bloody language and no one knows what he's talking about. And also, they're a second division Saudi team, so they're not even as good as this, the the pro league, where we still we still criticise the quality. So they're not even, you know, they're probably level with a non-league team in terms of quality. And then Henderson's going there, and I just don't. I don't get it. I, th- I think if you want to leave Liverpool, that's one thing. Um, but but go somewhere, go somewhere else. I, th- I think the the things you've done have put you in in a good light, 
in in football. Not not that many footballers have morals, and not that many. I'm not saying you have to, but you know, there's one thing about if he'd never, you know, if he was just one of the millions, one of the thousands, sorry, that that wore the laces, and he wasn't outspoken about it as Liverpool captain, then that's kind of, you know, you, you can almost say, well, he was just wearing them as for show, but. He made posts, he made social media things saying, I stand with these people, you'll never walk alone. Give that old cliche that they all say, oh, you'll never walk alone. Well, you you absolutely will walk alone if you walk into Saudi Arabia and hold another man's hand. It's abs- It's ridiculous. It's just, it winds me up that he is like this um, and he's ignoring everyone. He's just gone, yeah, but 700 grand a week. Like, it's... You don't need that money, Jordan. You've been on two hundred grand a week for six years. You're not short of a few quid, um, but it's football, isn't it? It's just it finds another way to just like suck away at your at your morals and and sort of make you think that you know it is just money at the end of the day. They don't they don't care. It's just money. I said earlier that it's illegal to have a gay relationship in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. That's me undercooking it massively because being gay in Saudi Arabia is punishable by death. Some of the LGBTQ plus fan groups that Jordan Henderson has been associated with, Joel, have not been shy in sharing their thoughts on this situation. Cop Outs, which is the Liverpool LGBT plus fan group, have released this statement. So, Henderson, what was it about the multi-million pound contract that first drew you away from your commitment to human rights? Given choices he has recently made, cop-outs doubt and question if Jordan Henderson was ever an actual LGBTQ plus ally. We are deeply disappointed that he is choosing to work as part of a sports washing operation. And then it went on to question Steven Gerrard's involvement in the Saudi Pro League as well. Of course, a Liverpool icon. Gerrard's participation in this sports washing is particularly galling given his previous support for LA Galaxy teammate Robbie Rogers. Any other former teammate should beware. Should point out that Robbie Rogers is a gay man who Steven Gerrard played with at the LA Galaxy. The England fan group uh, that represents LGBTQ plus supporters, Three Lions Pride, say that they're beyond disappointed after the deal was reached. And they said, Our joy for Mr Henderson when he scored against Ukraine in the Euros quarterfinal was in part due to his kindness and his lucky rainbow laces. A banner was created to commemorate the low bar he had achieved in being outspoken on our right to support England and show visibility on the pitch. But if the rumours are true, then that banner will be consigned to the depths of history. So I don't think you need to be a genius, Joel, to work out how damaging this could be to those in the LGBT community, how much this is going to hurt them. Yeah, so I think it's important to firstly make it clear that if you move to a country, it doesn't necessarily mean that you take on the views of the country. However, when you're a person who's apparently a bastion for a cause and is so vocal about a cause, uh, even when, for example, England were playing in Qatar, which is very similar rules and laws, then you have a problem because now you're the face and you're almost the the hero for these people, these people who feel quite marginalised in society. 
And the fact that he's then going to a place which marginalizes these people is the issue because, okay, Steven Gerrard and all these players going to Saudi, I actually have no issue with it because they're not ones who are pioneering for all these different opposition views about what Saudi are doing. So, you know what, fair enough, they're going for it and absolutely fine. But when you start mixing money and morality, you'll always find lots of studies have shown this, that the higher the incentive, the more selfishness starts to appear. And you're starting to see now for Jordan Henderson, who's a multimillionaire. And I think it was clear when you read out his statement on Instagram, it was quite alarmingly short, in my opinion. And I think that just screams a hell of a lot of inner guilt, I would say. He know, it's like Marley said, he knows the position that he's in. He's not oblivious to it. He knows the the raucous that this is created and annoyance is created at the people that he's almost become some kind of pioneer for. So it's it's a strange one in Europe because if you've looked at the Kylian Mbappe situation, a lot of American athletes have started to come out and kind of comment on it and say, God, I wish I could uh, go to Al Hilal, you know, show me the contract. And then when you contrast it to European athletes, they're almost bashed for talking anything about money. But in this situation, it and in every situation with a football, it is always going to be about money. In in human nature, it's mainly about money because it puts food on the table. But when you're talking about people who are the top one percent of earners in society, it's a different kind of conversation. And I just think for Henderson, it's 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 such a conflicting situation because it's not like he's on minimum wage and he had to take this money to provide for his family. If his morality and his views were that strong for this cause, then he wouldn't have taken it. So for me, it's purely just a case of convenience, tying his name to a cause because it gives him good PR, good reputation. And then the minute you start questioning his morality, you dangle the carrot of morality in front of him and he takes it, well, then that eradicates all of his views, in my opinion. Because like I've mentioned in previous podcasts, and we've seen historical figures, I'm not saying Jordan Henderson has to be a historical figure. He's not, you know, a, a world leader or anything like that. But if you're going to put your face in front of something that strong, then you need to follow through with it. Otherwise, in my opinion, it's quite a hollow view. Just a couple of things I should say. That Jordan Henderson statement, the words that I read out to you then that was me paraphrasing it was much more lengthy than that which you can find on Jordan Henderson's Instagram page where he mentioned winning the Champions League in Madrid and a few other things and secondly we should also suggest that at the point of recording this podcast Jordan Henderson has not confirmed the move to Saudi Arabia so there is still an opportunity for him to reject that but as Marley mentioned earlier the noise is pretty loud anyway and some of the damage is is maybe already done if you will right let's move on now from that situation and talk about another one involving the Saudi league because this one took us all by surprise as soon as we stopped recording the podcast on Monday we saw it flash up on our phones and our computers that Kylian Mbappe was the subject of a world record 300 million bid from a club in the Saudi pro league now before we get on to the eye-watering amount of money it's one thing Marley Ruben Neves leaving the Premier League at his peak to go to the Middle East. But Kylian Mbappe, that's different, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, the, the the difference is that I think these this, this move is like uh, the Saudis being opportunistic and going, well, there's a fallout there. Is there a, is the door ajar for us? And they're trying to be a go-between because PSG uh, have fell out with Mbappe because he wants to go to Real Madrid and he's probably already agreed terms that they don't like and they don't want to lose him on a free, so you know it's this is just Saudi coming in and saying, "Well, come and play here for a year. 
we'll pay you an absolutely stupid amount of money um and we'll um you know we'll let you go to real madrid in a year's time but you know it's it's crazy how how this like, just the numbers talk talked about you know it was 20 20 euros a second the guys on you know it'd be on i think it was sort of like 3 million a week <laughs> is that what it was one point oh, it's just staggering crazy in it absolutely crazy but it's uh that's the level of money that that is kicking around in Saudi Arabia, and that's how badly they want to put themselves on the map. And um, I can't see it happening, to be honest. I, I think you know the the sort of very latest rumours is that Mbappe is happy to not kick a ball for a year because he'll end up going to Real Madrid anyway, um, which made, makes PSG even more fuming because they've created this this monster that they they can't control. It's it's this is everything coming full circle for them because they've they've paid the guy so much money and they've they've tried to pay him to forget about his dreams and his dreams have always been to play for Real Madrid there's there's pictures of him meeting Ronaldo as an 8 year old and whatever and going around the Bernabeu and this was always going to happen so for there to be this fallout from PSG it's, it makes me smile to be honest because it's it's what you're always going to get He's one of those players you can just picture in the Real Madrid kit. Like you yeah. can always see him already. I mean, there's been so many mock-ups made on social media and stuff of Mbappe in the famous kit of Los Blancos, and it's one of those things where I think, as you say, Marley, it's kind of a beast that's got out of control. The Neymar deal, which was sanctioned by PSG, kind of broke the transfer fee record and also broke the transfer market a few years ago, inflating fees the world over. If this goes through, I don't think it will. By the way, it will do something similar. But just to kind of go back on the situation that PSG find themselves in, is there a bit of geopolitical posturing going on here, Joel, without getting too deep into this? We know the Saudis and the Qataris do not get on. Qatar hosted the World Cup. Saudis have now established their own domestic league with signing all of these players. There was a dispute over Premier League broadcast rights in the region between the two nations. The Qataris, of course, own PSG. So to buy the world's most expensive player, which Mbappe would be at 300 million euros, off of a Qatari-owned club would make the Saudis the ones to pay the most money ever for a football player. And to take that off of a Qatari club whilst buying one of their players certainly is a bit of a power move. So do you think that that's got anything to do with it or is it not as deep as that? Well, according to a lot of the French news outlets like L'Equipe, they're saying that it's been accepted. I think Sky Sports have also said it's been accepted so I think it's purely a case of they're looking at it from a pure business point of view, which is we can adjust our FFP, we can get rid of a player who we don't want any longer. But I genuinely don't understand the grievances that Al-Khalafi has because it's almost as if he's looking at Mbappe like he's been a Judas to the club. But when he signed his new contract in 2022, it was for three years. What did they expect to happen in three years? Did they expect him to just say, oh, now that I'm here for three years, let's sign another five-year contract. Clearly not. Well, I'll tell you what they expected to happen. They expected to win the Champions League. That's what they expected, and they, they haven't did, done it. But they also wanted to stay as well, so they clearly thought that he was there for the long run. But it's been so well documented how much Mbappe loves Real Madrid. I don't understand what they thought was going to happen, because now he's going to end up, according to what has been reported, they're going to give him a £60 million 
signing on loyalty bonus on August the 1st. He got a 100 million loyalty signing on bonus when he signed his contract. What They were trying to throw money at him, trying to almost take away his dream and make him forget his dream. They even had Emmanuel Macron on the phone to him before he signed his contract. He's been, in my opinion, he's been so peer pressured and so pushed into a corner to sign that contract. Let's say, bearing in mind, it's not like he's, he's not earning any money. But he played PSG as well, didn't he? He played his yeah. part, and I think he's much more intelligent than people give him credit for. I think he knows exactly the way he wants his career to pan out. And I know I draw it back to what I said about the Champions League. I think PSG genuinely thought he'd sign a new contract, they'd win the Champions League in that time, he'd then want to stay on his own accord because of the fact that PSG have become a Champions League winning side and they could potentially dominate Europe. But in that time, that hasn't happened and Real Madrid have won another Champions League. So if there was a club that you'd rather play for, and I know he's a French lad and playing for PSG is kind of the pinnacle of French football right now. But in terms of adding sort of stardust to that Real Madrid dream, they've gone and won another Champions League in that time frame. So... It kind of amplifies that even yeah, more, doesn't exactly. it? exactly. And, I mean, sometimes dreams are worth more than money in this circumstance. And how much money can you give a guy to try and forget about this big, enormous elephant in the room, which is Real Madrid? You can't. He'll be the main man there. That's what he wants. There's a reason why he signed a two-year plus one-year contract. If he really wanted to be at PSG for the long run, he would have said, you know what, forget a two-year contract. Let's go for six years. I'm going to pledge my loyalty to you of course not everyone knew how this was going to go that's why i don't understand why this is such a surprise i think psg were like you said hoping that they could convince him during that time you know with the recruitment i think it's the fee that's a surprise isn't it the 300 million and i think it would do wonders for psg because they've changed their recruitment policy massively now obviously they got rid of messi they got rid of sergio ramos uh, they brought in a lot of young talented youth players a lot of french youth players bringing back it yeah, and uh, uh, Simmons that they brought him back from uh, PSV. Like, they've changed the whole system now. And that's probably why they really, really wanted Mbappe to kind of lead that. But, I mean, when you when you saw the pictures of Mbappe when he was a kid with the Ronaldo posters on his wall and everything was just Los Blancos, I mean, come on, you cannot ignore that. When a guy's got a dream, you're not going to stop him. Mm. So, I, I, But Ronaldo plays in Saudi now, doesn't play for Real Madrid. Yeah, but I mean, before he's got time to go to Saudi, he can go in 10 years. For now, he wants to win things. He wants to win the <laughs> What, Ronaldo still be playing in 10 years, will he? <laughs> I know he's a machine, but that's probably a no, bit far. No, I mean, follow, as in following his footsteps. He can still he can still do the Saudi dream, if that's his dream. I don't know if it is or not, uh, but it's inevitable. A Ronaldo at Real Madrid was one of my footballing idols when I was growing up, but not the one you might think. Obviously, the... Uh, the original, the OG, Phenomeno. That's another conversation for another time. <laughs> yeah, and let's bank that for now. Let's shelve that for the time being because that is it for that part of Football Social Daily. Next up, we're going to do our weekly quiz. Can you tell your Vinnie Joneses from your Eric Cantona's? We'll see you after this. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. Part three of Thursday's show means it's time for the quiz. Joel and Marley every week will either go head to head or work together to try and tackle some of my footballing questions. And the theme this week, lads, as we've already mentioned on today's show, off the back of Barbie and Oppenheimer being the two smash hit blockbusters of the summer. Can you name footballers who appeared in movies or TV shows? 
I thought I'd put a little twist on the quiz today. I've worked hard on this one, so you better not let me down. Yeah, I just want to, you know, to give you credit for people who obviously can't see this because it's on audio, he's put in a PowerPoint presentation and it looks like I'm about to see the figures of FSD for the year 2022. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly won't be sharing that sort of information. Now, I'm looking for whether you can tell who's going to be the next Vinnie Jones or Eric Cantona and who's got no acting talents whatsoever. So are you up for it? I am, but I'm going to put it out there. I'm not a movie nerd at all. Well, me either. Me either. I'm, so I'm I, not really. This could be the worst. This could be tragic. <laughs> the most effort anyone's ever put into a terrible quiz. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm rubbish at films as well. So I learned a bit whilst making this quiz, but you're working together on this one. So you need to cooperate, all right? Now, I want you to tell me if these players that I'm about to show you have or have not starred in a movie or a TV show. Adverts don't count. For example, Lionel Messi in a Pepsi advert does not count as acting. Got it? Vamos. Okay, first one. David Beckham. Ah, he was in Bend It Like Beckham. I remember the scene. He came in just at the end as well. Have you seen it, Marley? Yeah. So are you, are you saying he has or he hasn't starred in a in a film? Yeah, he has, he has. I wouldn't say starred, but he's been in one, yeah. <laughs> okay. Kieran Knightley was the star of that, weren't you? Correct. David Beckham was in Bend It Like Beckham, but he was also in King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. King Arthur? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, that is what? really a photo of David Beckham that you can see. There's a picture of David Beckham with a huge Arthur sword in a... Suit of armour and a big sword. Yeah, he's completely decked out with a few of his mates who've got spears and masks and gauntlets and the whole lot. Well done, boys. You're one for one. Good effort. Moving on to the next one. We've already mentioned him just then. Ronaldo Nazario. Phenomeno R9, the original Brazilian Ronaldo. But did he or did he not star in a movie or a TV show? I feel like this will be one where he was in... A massive Brazilian thriller that we've never seen the light of day. Uh, I I agree. I'm sure as hell I'm not going to have seen it, but I I reckon he was in something, yeah. So you're going to say yes? Yeah. He was. He was in The Simpsons. Starred as himself in The Simpsons. He was shown a red card by Homer Simpson. What, did he speak? I'm pretty sure he did speak, yeah. I guess he speaks quite good English, doesn't he, these days? But yeah, he was in The Simpsons. What a legend, man. Honestly, I love him so much. I absolutely love him. And I always wonder how good he could have been had he not sort of had the injuries that he had and stuff like that. I mean, I think he was the first player that I saw when I was growing up and thought, wow, this guy's different to everyone else. What a player. Two from two, boys. Great effort. Moving on to the next one. Edgar Davids, formerly of Juventus, Inter Milan, very famous Dutch international with the dreadlocks and the goggles. But did he or did he not star in a movie or a TV show? Again, It could be a niche Dutch program like CIS Amsterdam or something where we've never (laughs) seen it. I don't think he has. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't can't picture him in one. No. Say no. Wrong. He has. He starred in a very short 2004 film called League of Legends, which is about two young footballers who get picked by professional players to come and help represent a team. And Edgar Davids 
looking like the boss that he is in a suit and dark sunglasses there with his dreadlocks down, was the star of the movie as one of the professional players. I'd like to see the Rotten Tomatoes rating on that. <laughs> yeah, I bet it's terrible. <laughs> I bet it's terrible. But 3%. I'll let you into another thing. Can you guess another Dutch footballer who used to play for Manchester City who also appeared in the movie? I'm not sure if you can see him there or just on the left of your screen, just slightly out of picture. Oh, is it Nigel de Jong? That is Nigel de Jong. Yeah, he was also in the movie. Wow. Well done, Marley. Nigel de Jong. Uh, two out of three, boys. Well done. You've not done so too bad so far. I'll be honest, that completely surprised me as well. I did not expect to see Edgar Davids with a credit on IMDb, but there we go. All right, on to the next. Marcus Rashford. Manchester United's star man. 30 goals last season. His best productive season in a Manchester United shirt, but has he starred in a TV show or a movie in his young career? No, I can't recall him being in one. No. Yet. Correct. He's not yet been in a movie or TV show. Done plenty of campaign in Marcus Rashford, but you're spot on. He hasn't featured in a TV or film blockbuster. Right, next one. That's three out of four, guys. Zinedine Zidane, the legend that is another... Galacticos from that Real Madrid era that everyone remembers so fondly, of course, won Champions League trophies as the manager of Real Madrid. But has he ever starred on the big screen? Yes. There's a film, actually. There's an actual film about Zidane. And it's just... It's it's like a, a player cam of a game oh, he played. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, it, yeah I think yeah. he's it, playing Villarreal. And is, at it the not, end, is that not more like a... Like a duck- what would you even consider? It's a, it's a documentary film, but it's it's technically a film, and it's definitely on IMDb. I've seen it, so. and I was absolutely mesmerised. Yeah, it was it was just like eighty odd cameras looking yeah, at him from yeah, every yeah. angle. It was it was weird, but kind of kind of good. So, what are you going with, guys? I'm going with yes. Yeah, because that's definitely got to show up on something. Well, it would be a technicality, but you've got the right answer because Zinedine Zidane <laughs> did actually star in a movie. <laughs> Asterix at the Olympic Games. We should put some of these photos on our social media page because this is an unbelievable photo of Zidane dressed up as a, an ancient Greek with like a long black wig and a gold headband. He's got like a almost like a white cricket like jumper on and a big brother. gold necklace. Yeah, he looks like he could be related to Cleopatra in some way. But even though he did star in a biopic where he sort of didn't really do any acting, he was just playing football, Marley, as you say, he was in this French movie Asterix at the Olympic Games. That looks terrible. <laughs> he suits He's got the eye makeup and all sorts. Wow. Um, there's some really good photos of him as well from that movie. So go and check it out on Google. Uh, unbelievable. Um, well done. That's, I think it's that. Yeah, four from five. Well done, boys. Right, on to the next. Former Nottingham Forest and Liverpool winger Stan Collymore in the early years of the Premier League, one of the division's brightest talents. But has he ever been in a movie or a TV show? I feel like he could fit in something like Biker Grove or... <laughs> <laughs> Biker Grove. Uh... I reckon he has been. I don't, I don't think so. Well, it's not unanimous. You're going to have to make a decision here, boys. He's going to be in the most niche one if it is. All right, let's say no. He was in a movie. Told you. Basic Instinct 2. Basic Instinct was a really big film, I think, in the early 90s with, with Sharon Stone. It's a bit smutty, isn't it? Sharon Stone, of course, plays that sort of psychotic serial killer um, with a bit of a, a sexual fantasy. And Stan Collymore is in hey, Basic Instinct 2. Stan Collymore heard that and went, sign me up for that. 
<laughs> Unlucky, guys. I think you're four from six now. Stan Collymore in Basic Instinct 2. Who would have thought it? Next one. Carlo Cudicini, former Chelsea goalkeeper, also played for Spurs as well. But has he been in a movie or a TV show, boys? No. I would have said yeah. But we'll go with no one. We'll go with you on no. Correct. He's never starred yes. in a movie or a TV show. He's the sort of character who I thought might have done a good-looking Italian guy, former yeah, I was footballer. Say, more than Colin. Um, but no, more recently has spent time coaching at Chelsea, as you can see there with that photo you've got on screen with a young Reese James sat behind him. But no, Carlo Cudicini, the former Premier League goalkeeper from Italy, has never starred in a movie or TV show. That's five from seven. Good effort, guys. On to the next one. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, one of the icons of the modern game, has only just hung up his boots at the grand old age of 42, I think it was, after a season with AC Milan in which he reached the Champions League semi-finals. But has the big Swede ever been in a TV show or a movie? Surely, surely. Yes, 100%. Going for a yes? Of course he has. Also in the Asterix franchise, which Zinedine Zidane was a part of, but this time Asterix and Obelisks, the Middle Kingdom. Of course, it was never <laughs> going to be a romance, was it? That looks even worse. There's a cracking photo of him riding a horse with a helmet on, but I didn't know if, if that was if that would have been the right photo to choose. So <laughs> there he is. And you can, you can imagine Zlatan, what sort of character he's playing. So obviously you listening can't see this, but he's got a big chest plate of armor on he's got a roman robe on he's got his arms out almost like a scene from gladiator like are you not entertained that sort it's of thing typical typical zlatan that he's not even in a film there he just looks like uh it's just a normal thursday for zlatan <laughs> I think. six from eight frank leboeuf the world cup winner yes. in 1998 is your next one but is he's he an actor now is he an actor now oh, okay he's an actor now and he was in he was the baddie in uh, was it the Transporter 2 or something like that? <laughs> Proper random. He was a baddie in summer. I hope you've got the right... Uh, I hope we're thinking of the right thing. But yeah, he definitely, because I remember... I think you might have got some random ball guy here, Marley. No, no, 100%, because I remember Googling it. I remember watching a film once and and literally I just said to my wife, which was stupid, because obviously she doesn't know who Frank LeBeouf is. I was like, is that Frank LeBeouf? <laughs> she was like, what are you talking about? And then I googled it and I was like, oh my god, it's Frank LeBeuf, he used to play for Chelsea. She was like, shut up, you geek. So, I'll take that as a yes. I'll take this because one, Because it's correct, that is That's Frank it. LeBeuf. The theory of everything. The theory of everything. It was Oscar nominated, that movie. Yes. Damn. Yeah, he's the doctor because uh, he has his fall, doesn't he? And then he goes to the doctor and it's Frank LeBeuf. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He was Oscar nominated... He was in Oscar-nominated movie The Theory of Everything and is an actor now, as Marley rightly says. Right, this is the final one. You've only got two wrong so far. Can you keep up your record? With Paul Scholes, the former Manchester United midfielder, has he ever been in a movie or a TV show? No, never. Unless he's had an appearance in Coronation Street, no. I can't think of anything less likely that Paul Scholes would do. Well done, boys. Another correct answer. Paul Scholes has not been in a movie or a TV show. I think you've done pretty well there. I'm not sure how many there were in terms of questions, but you only got two wrong. So even though some were absolute blind guesses, you've done pretty well there with the um, with the with the quiz. And you're working together as well, which makes a change. I always prefer it when we work. We work separate, but 
we've we've we formed a good team on this one because when we when we teamed up, Joel got his wrong uh, and I got mine right. So I'm still claiming the win. <laughs> well, Marley, you might put some of those photos on our social media page if you haven't followed it already on Twitter. It's at FSD Pod. Go and check it out. And the pin tweet at the top of that feed is for our Telegram account where you can join the chat on a daily basis with us guys here at Football Social Daily. So download the app using the link on that pin tweet and come and join the conversation and maybe we'll stick some of those photos in that chat as well. All right, that's it for today's Football Social Daily. That's us done for another week, which means we're another week closer to the start of the Premier League season. And when that does begin, we'll be back to a more regular schedule through the week. But for now, just three shows a week. So we'll see you next on Monday. Have a great weekend and we'll catch you then. Football Social Daily is a voice work sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>